I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Back once again with the ill behaviour. It's the cultaholic.com top five. This is where we take a look at the biggest stories from the month just gone. And we welcome some wonderful special guests as we rip open the podcasting wrestling multiverse to see who falls through. This week, I am honoured to be joined by the founder, the host, the voice, the chinking glass of wrestling wind down. We've got Low with us. How you doing, Low? I am great. Thank you so much for having me here. I've got to ask about the where it all began for you. Like cuz the the podcast Wrestling Wine Down, it is about spilling the wine. It is about sharing a cheeky glass, but it's more about sort of focusing on the the changing shape of the women's wrestling scene as well, isn't it? Yes. So, um I started the podcast about 2 years ago and um, it was actually me and a friend in college, and we saw how many podcasts were out there, and we noticed there weren't a lot of women talking about wrestling. And we really wanted to be one of the voices in the community, oh, a female voice, where other females as well as men could listen and relate. Um, we both loved wine, so that's why we incorporated wine, and we've just had a great time. Uh, my co-host has stepped away, so it's just me now, but um, I've had the opportunity to interview some amazing people and really dive into the lives of people both inside and outside of the ring. Who has been some of or maybe a handful of some of your favorite people that you've spoken to on your show? I had the opportunity to interview uh, Lisa Marie Varen, also known as Victoria, and I watched her growing up and it was incredible to talk to her and learn some of her different stories. This was around the time that she had just came back for the Royal Rumble. So it was just an amazing interview with her. Um, I've had Iridian Fierro of the Rest Friends podcast on my platform numerous times. We actually do a, a monthly segment called Chardonnay and Cheese May, where we kind of go through like the rumors and the news. And, you know, we it's like girl talk. You know, we really want it to be like you're sitting down, you're grabbing a glass of wine and you're just talking to your girlfriends about wrestling. Um, someone else that I interviewed recently that I really enjoyed was Candace Cordelia. Um, she's a writer for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, as well as a um, contributor to Busted Open. Um, she was amazing. I learned so much from her and she's just an incredible writer. So I've had a lot of great opportunities to talk to some amazing people within this community. We'll talk more about Wrestling Wind Down as we go through today, but we are here to look back on the month of May. And it's it's appropriate that we've got you low because 
quite a few of the big stories throughout the month of May have involved some very powerful women, both in and away from the wrestling ring. And we start at number five uh, with Stephanie McMahon leaving WWE for a while. It's worth saying uh, this goes back to May 19th when Stephanie McMahon sent out a tweet following an investor's call saying that she was taking a leave of absence from WWE, uh, taking time away to focus on her family and her absence would begin the following day, which was now May the 20th. Now, there were rumors courtesy of WrestleNomics that said Stephanie's role in WWE was possibly being reduced soon. Dave Meltzer and Andrew Sarian saying that sources close to them say investors were unhappy with Stephanie McMahon's work as a brand officer. Um, looking back on the the career of Stephanie McMahon, Low, uh, as both an on-screen and an off-screen uh, performer, a person, talent, what impact do you think Stephanie has had? I think she's had a huge impact. You know, she started out as you know, Vince's daughter, you know, in those storylines with The Undertaker and Triple H. And she was such a captivating character. And I watched her WWE Evil episode and really learned more about her. You know, she just jumped right into it and she did a very good job. You know, seeing that she's on the back end of things as the chief brand officer now, it's really amazing to see a woman doing something like that in a male-dominated field. Um, she's done such a great job. And you know, she's done these different panels and stuff like that. So, you know, more people other than just wrestling fans know about Stephanie McMahon because she's made such a lasting impact, not only within the wrestling community, but sports as a whole. When did you become a wrestling fan and what was your first uh, your first thoughts on Stephanie McMahon? So I became a wrestling fan when I was nine or 10. I always tell the story that I was at my grandparents' house and I was flipping through the channels and I saw John Cena on the Spanish channel. And I don't speak Spanish, but I was captivated. I was like, what is this? I had never seen wrestling before. I want to say Stephanie came around a couple months later and I always loved her entrance song, All Grown Up. Like I felt like it was just the perfect anthem for her and she just had this powerful aura. Like whenever she got in the ring, you knew she meant business. And she's just a strong woman. And I really enjoyed watching her, whether it was, you know, a guest appearance or she was a general manager. She always has done a really good job in her capacity. Is Vince McMahon too harsh? I say that because um, we know there's there's been documented stories about Vince and Shane at loggerheads on multiple occasions. And Vince in that interview with Pat McAfee kind of alluded to being disappointed with his family. Uh, do you think that, do you think there's a harshness to Steph, like on Vince McMahon's behalf towards Stephanie McMahon? You know, there could be, I mean, you know, this is Vince's company and he probably has a high expectation, but I feel like his kids also know that he has that high expectation. So they're not going to put the family business, quote unquote, in a position where it's going to fail or it's going to look negative. Um, you know, you never know what happens behind the scenes. There might be harshness, but um, from the outside as a fan, you really can't tell. I mean, there has been some alluded quotes or whatever like that, but I mean, you wouldn't know from watching Raw or watching SmackDown if they're having, you know, some family drama or anything behind the scenes. 
No, not at all. One of the things that goes on is going on behind the scenes now involves the person that has taken on some of Stephanie McMahon's roles for the time being. Now, we know that WWE are looking for someone new to fill those boots uh, in a temporary capacity, but Nick Khan has essentially taken another Infinity Stone for his gauntlet in the meantime. Um, what is, what's the wrestling wind-down's take on, on sort of this behind-the-scenes action of Nick Khan seemingly slowly terraforming the wwe and taking over i don't know i mean he seems like he has a lot of power over there and every time there's a really big decision made his name is always on it when there was all of those releases and you had mickey james in the mix he had his name was on it and there's been other stories where it's like this was nick Khan's decision or nick Khan said that and as a fan you wonder wow like you know how much influence does this does this man really have um but honestly i never ever see the McMahon's fully stepping away from WWE. I think there will always be some type of McMahon influence, whether it is through Triple H or it's through Stephanie or Shane comes back in. I mean, I can never see a WWE without the McMahon's being there. So, you know, Nick Khan might have some of the Infinity Stones, but he does not have them all yet. <laughs> uh, one man uh, that a lot of people are talking about uh, from this month, and it was, you know, we, we were only going back about a day. But I'll, to the true story is, I was preparing the notes for the top five, and I thought, I'll just wait and see if anything spicy comes out of Double or Nothing weekend. Uh, and it brings us to our number four where, oh, we did um, the MJF situation. So uh, this weekend, just gone. We had MJF no showing Saturdays, double or nothing fan fest. And there were reports from places like Fightful Select that said that MJF had reportedly had a flight booked out of Vegas on the Sunday morning. Now, that didn't end up being the case. However, relationships between Tony Khan and MJF were reportedly at an all time low. We saw MJF at double or nothing in the opening match. Um, Hello, you watched the show. What did you make of of MJF's match with Wardlow? And I want you to try and check the the Wardlow Wine Wednesdays bias to the side slightly, because I know that you're a Wardlow girl. (laughs) So I was actually in person watching the show. And the night before I had actually gone out with a couple of writers like Candice and I was with um, some of the women from Kayfabe Queens and we heard the news about MJF. We knew that he no showed. And I read a report that someone said he was actually in the casino at the Mandalay Bay. And I was like, that's strange. Imagine you're walking by to go to your meet and greet with MJF and he's over there playing video poker, Kino. That's beside <laughs> the point. But the match was so interesting. Like the when he came out, the crowd was like, oh, they were so mad. So many boos. They were just I was surprised he showed up to work. He wanted his check. He got his check. So he showed up. But I mean, it was a squash like MJF really didn't have a chance. He I kind of thought there would be a little bit more banter. There was at the beginning. You saw, you know, MJF going out the ring a couple times and then he finally got back in and Wardlow powerbombed him. What, 10 times? And they rolled him out of there on a gurney. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely spicy. I was not expecting something like this to happen. And the whole flight. Going back to the L.I., that had me laughing really hard. <laughs> really did. 
What um like oh, you talk about how the night before there were these rumors amongst uh, you and the and the the colleagues that you were with about uh, MJF maybe being in the casino maybe this isn't happening. What was the sort of temperature after that match amongst some of the people that you were with? Are we were you still into the you know is it still believed at least where you were last night that this was a work or do we believe that there's something a little bit more to this? So last night I was actually just a spectator. So I wasn't like in the media section or anything. So I was just by fans. And when he got gurneyed off, it was kind of like a, you know, you got what you deserve type of thing. I, I mean, Wardlow, he definitely had a great reception in that building. I think there weren't a lot of MJF fans there. And if they were, they were cheering for Wardlow last night. Um, but I mean, everyone kind of seemed like he got what he deserved. They they knew that that was going to happen. I mean, honestly, I think everyone was just mostly shocked that he actually showed up because right before the show there, they were saying online, like he's not at the arena yet. And everyone's mm. like, OK, is he actually going to show up? Like, what's going to happen? Is this a game time decision? Who else is going to face the Wardlow? I think that the that the whole thing of him arriving, like just before his match, leaving after his match almost immediately and then the bit in the media scrum where tony khan uh after after everybody else had been spoke to tony khan was immediately asked about mjf and he went nah i can't comment on that and so we still don't know any of the wiser low is this is this for real or what i think it is i mean yeah? i watched a interview with raslin that mjf did a couple weeks ago and i know mjf is very playful and he you know that's his character but he mentioned a lot, like not being happy there. And I don't know if you keep saying it over and over. Is it real? Are you messing with us? Like something deep down inside tells me that, you know, WWE might have some interest in him and he probably has some interest as well. Um, we've heard rumors about, you know, he wants to be paid more and, you know, it's great to know your worth. And if that's what MJF is trying to do, then, you know, I commend him for that because he is a great performer. Um, he is, you know, one of the best right now when it comes to cutting promos and you just love to hate him. So if he's not happy in the position where he's at, I mean, I don't blame him for, you know, going somewhere else and seeing if he could, you know, keep doing what he's doing in terms of wrestling and promos and stuff like that. Yeah. Go somewhere where you can, where, you know, make, make the money that you're worth. Make bank. Make that well. money. Don't let it make you, MJF. There you go. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned about you know WWE possibly you know maybe sniffing around MJF. They were certainly sniffing around AEW last night. Uh, I I saw the video of uh, of the truck going around the arena. Uh, the 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 absolute the the audacity of it. I loved it. The truck with the money in the bank logo and Cody's face on it. <laughs> a, double, a double or nothing. I'm not even mad. Um, but this come. Oh, by the way, when you were you were there at the show, did you see the truck? I didn't. So I recognized where they were in the video. They were more um, by the Bellagio. So they were a little bit further down. They might have kept driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, but we came in like the back way. So we wouldn't have even seen Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, I must say, though, I think it's very smart that they are marketing like that. Even though people say it's petty, it's smart marketing. You know where your core demographic is all at once. They are at the T-Mobile Arena. So to have that truck keep going up and down Las Vegas Boulevard and you're about to start selling tickets to your new venue, I mean, it's genius. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. And I hope that AEW returns the favor. 
money oh, in the bank in July. I think they will. Oh, <laughs> and it does. It does bring us to our third, our third subject, uh, number three on the top five, which is uh, about that new venue. So, money in the bank uh, moving. I, I, with the greatest respect to the to the MGM, I don't want to say downsizing, but the kind of uh, from the Allegiant Stadium uh, to the MGM Grand Garden. It was announced that WWE are changing location. Uh, WrestleTix reporting that about eighteen thousand uh, tickets have been distributed for Money in the Bank at the Allegiant. It's now been moved to a venue that holds about seventeen thousand. Um, is is this? Do we think this might be a case of the company not selling as many tickets as they'd hoped? Though, yes, because um, so when they came last year for SummerSlam, um, I really noticed like a lot of billboards and stuff like that. I'm very like, I notice marketing. That's my background. And they had SummerSlam, you know, advertisements and stuff like that, but it was not as many as Money in the Bank. They have advertisements everywhere, like billboards in all parts of town. And, you know, I feel like they were kind of like, okay, let's just keep pushing it out there so we can see if we can sell tickets. And they weren't. So I think they kind of panicked and were like, hey, let's just move it somewhere else. You can't go to T-Mobile because there's a UFC fight that night. So Let's just go to MGM. Um, I mean, it's a smart move because you don't want an empty stadium. I looked at the tickets and there were a lot of like tickets that you could purchase still. And interestingly, tickets that were like $300 at SummerSlam were now $150. So that was also interesting. Same section. Um, So I'm not really sure like, why they went for a stadium again for a pay-per-view that's not a big four. Um, I think, you know, let's let's be smart about it. You know, go to a, an arena, not a stadium. When I think of stadium, I think of WrestleMania. You know, you think of one of their big pay-per-views. Even a Royal Rumble, I feel like they could probably sell out a stadium. But for Money in the Bank, and you don't have Roman there, you know, you might not have Sasha and Naomi there. You kind of want to downsize. I think they're probably, I mean, one of the things that Nick Khan spoke about a few months ago is saying that they want to do more stadium events in 2022. And I reckon that WWE was probably quite lifted, quite ebullient after, you know, the the show that they announced on our side of the pond. We've got Clash at the Castle coming up in September at the Principality, which is, which is, you know, only a, a, maybe, maybe a couple of thousand smaller than the Allegiant. And that is completely sold out. It is it is completely like rock solid. Thousands and thousands of tickets sold at ridiculous prices. My oh yeah, I saw. Woo-hoo! It's a cost. It's a cost of living crisis over here in the UK. Yeah, sure. I'll do, I'll go. I'll go watch Drew McIntyre at the front row in in Wales. <laughs> um. So they're probably quite lifted by that, which I always thought. Well, maybe you know they've seen the success of that and gone. Oh, we'll do Vegas. Then it'll be fine. And they've got and they've been hurt by that. And you've mentioned there, low. You've mentioned that. And I'm gonna bring. I was gonna bring this onto it next. So thank you for mentioning it. Uh, how you know. Suddenly, you the posters have changed because the posters for oh, yeah. the oh, it's and it's obvious, isn't it? Because you went from and I, I'm not going to say this with any disrespect to any of the talent on the posters because I think WWE's got probably their their best roster at the moment. Because you had on the uh, Allegiant poster, you had Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, uh, Charlotte Flair, among others, and then for the the new poster for the MGM Grand. You've got Cody Rhodes, you've got Rhea Ripley, you've got Dana Brooke, you've got Drew McIntyre, and you've got the Street Profits. Um, So this suggests that we're not going to see 
those true big hitters at Money in the Bank, are we? You know, I don't think so. I've heard news that Roman Reigns is not going to be at Money in the Bank. He's starting to decrease his schedule a little bit. And, you know, I'm not sure about Ronda. Um, not sure about Brock Lesnar either. And, you know, this could definitely be a case of we sold the tickets or we started promoting this before we knew what was going to happen later on. And now since they're moving arenas, they figure, well, we'll just change the poster as well and put a couple superstars on there that we 100% know will be at this event. I mean, it happens, you know, they put on the bottom of the card, card subject to change. And that's kind of what is happening here. Yeah, the card hasn't been fully announced, but, you know, fans expect Roman Reigns to be there. They expect Ronda Rousey to be there because they've been there all these months. But, you know, things happen and we'll see if they sell out. I think a lot of fans from what I heard this weekend, um, they were a little bit irritated that they have to go back in and buy tickets again. And there's definitely a chance that, you won't be able to get tickets this time because the venue is smaller in size and it has less seats. So um, I'm a little bit nervous for WWE when it comes to that, because these fans already bought their tickets. Uh, I feel like they could have, you know, gave them a seat that was about the same as it would have been at the stadium. But now you're putting them in back into the queue with all of the other fans who probably have the code that wasn't supposed to go out. So it's a little bit messy. Very messy. Uh, would you consider going? Because obviously you've just, you know, you've, you've been to, you were at Double or Nothing just the other day. Would you consider going to Money in the Bank as well in Vegas? I'm not sure. I'm really on the fence about it. Um, I am a Bianca Belair fan as well. And that honestly would be one of the only reasons that I would go at this point. Um, I really enjoy watching Roman Reigns. I enjoy Naomi and Sasha and they're not on the card currently or they're not slated to be there. So for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I would like to go as just, you know, just to spectate. But I also want to see the superstars that, you know, I personally enjoy watching. And if they're not there, it's kind of like, OK, well, maybe I don't want to sit as close. Maybe I might sit a little bit further back because I'm not 100 percent into the experience. I get that. I get that. And you mentioned one of your favorites there who um, probably isn't going to be there. He's not going to be many places in the forthcoming months and years to come. Uh, our second, uh, number two on the Cultaholic Top 5 is Roman Reigns. It was this month in May that uh, that Roman Reigns promo came out of Trenton, New Jersey, where he hinted coming into a new phase in his life, which was either he's winding back on wrestling or he's pregnant. We couldn't decide. It was, was torn between the two for many days. Uh, and then it turned out it was the wrestling one, so that's good. So I watched Junior the other day, so that's, that was on my mind that bit. Um, now, this led uh, quite a lot of people to speculate as terms of like, what is next for Roman and how this shapes up? And it was Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio that revealed that Roman Reigns isn't leaving WWE, but has signed a new contract which features less dates, less overall appearances, uh, very sporadic television appearances, very little live event appearances, and just a handful of pay-per-view appearances. At the moment, he's really listed for SummerSlam. And after that, over here in the UK and Wales, at Clash at the Castle. Has WWE, Lowe, put all their eggs in one basket with Roman Reigns? Yes, but I feel like they do that with a lot of their superstars. I'm one that believes that there should be almost like an off season in the WWE where you have superstars take a couple months off and, you know, rest and recuperate. And they might be having that mentality with Roman. Um, I remember when I went to WrestleMania um, the day after at Raw, you could visibly tell that he something was wrong. 
when he lifted the title above his head, it looked like he was in pain. And people online were wondering if he was injured. It looked like he was injured from where I was sitting. But, you know, he hasn't really taken any time off. He hasn't. Um, they haven't put out a statement or anything like that. Um, but, you know, these superstars, they're going like 300 plus days a year. And I think Roman is making a statement like, you know, I'm cutting back my days. I'm not going to be on all of these these house shows, these live events, you know, it makes his appearance even more memorable, I feel like, as well, um, because you go to that show and you're like, Roman Reigns is going to be here. I know it's going to be a good show. He doesn't go to a lot of shows, so this is going to be something that I remember. I'm not saying that the superstars that are there, you know, night in and night out don't give memorable performances, but um, to have your champion have those memorable experiences with these individuals, the fans, you know, I I don't know. I'm I, I like it. Um but I understand why fans would kind of probably turn their nose up because he's not at a live event that they're going to or a pay-per-view. Um, but we got to keep these superstars healthy. Uh, they, uh, sorry, go on. They, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, these superstars, they work so hard and they're here for our entertainment. They do so much. And I, I commend Roman because I think obviously you have to stay healthy. There was a period in wrestling for the longest of times where you just went and went and went until your legs fell off. It felt like, yeah, um, is and and it just you just left with these guys who were the Attitude Era who were just completely burned out. And it was there was this time where that was seen as like what you must do. You must pay your dues by working a thousand hours a week. And and, the, and we've learned like only in the last few years, you know, with looking at physical and mental health, that that's just not good. That's not the right. way, it's not even good business practice, let alone good personal practice to do something like that. Do you see maybe more people on WWE's roster getting sort of the Roman Reigns style contracts? And if so, who? The first person that came to mind was Charlotte. I think she would do something like that. Um, she's another one who is continually going. And you also have to think about when they're not in the ring, they're also doing media, they're doing entertainment stuff. So it's like they're always on. Um, I think Charlotte would be one that would probably do that. I could see Bianca Belair as well. Um, you know, just kind of taking taking it easy, maybe not being on so many live events. I mean, they can also alternate the superstars have Roman on one, you know, one appearance, maybe have Cody on another. Um, I could see Cody doing it as well. Um, but just to make sure that they're healthy and that their health, both physical and mental are in the right place, because you don't want that burnout. At the end of the day, you don't want a superstar coming in and being like, I'm completely burnt out. I need to go elsewhere where, you know, we only have TV two to three times a week. I'm out. No, you need you need those people that are going to be that can that can go and stay healthy, but not, you know, push themselves too far. Um, right. This all starts to <clears throat> once again ask the question as to who ends the this this phenomenal run of Roman Reigns as universal champion. Like he's held the belt for several years now, which is unfathomable in this day and age where like we, you know, we get bored after a seven second TikTok. for a guy to hold the title for multiple years is incredible. Who beats him at this point though, Lo? Oh, I've it's had a tough three question, people that, isn't it? it is a tough question. I've had three people that I think could, I think the most logical one at this point would be Cody. Um, Cody coming back to WWE, even though it happened months ago, is still something that shocks a lot of people that he started this company with AEW and then he made a name for himself. He grew his following and he jumped right back to WWE. 
Um, I could see him taking it. And I think he would do a great job with the title. Um, he has a lot of fan love, you know, a lot of people who might have just watched AEW for Cody are starting to watch WWE now because they're a fan of his. Um, also, the merch sales are absolutely incredible. So I could see why they would want to put the title on him. Um, maybe The Rock, if they want to keep the title on him for a little bit longer and have him defended in Hollywood. I think that would be an amazing match. Um, or uh, um, a newcomer, Braun Breaker. I think Braun has what it takes to take the belt off of Roman. Um, they are both, you know, they both come from a, a lineage of wrestling. You have the Steiner brothers, you have, you know, The Rock and um, Rikishi and, you know, the their side of the family. I mean, I think that feud would be so good because you have those different sides and that different style of wrestling that they come from. And I think they would put on one hell of a match, but um, I think it will probably be Cody. I'd say what's interesting, and uh, and it, I, I wonder whether it's like a, a divide between the US and the UK, because like over here with a lot of people I speak to, like uh, fans here in the UK, it's like the general consensus amongst us is, well, Drew's going to beat him at Clash of the Castle in September. Mm. Like Drew's going to take it at the Principality. That massive pop from like the the record breaking crowd as Drew pins Roman. Uh, is is there that consideration in the states, or is it kind of is is the? I'm keen to see what the view is of that Principality show. Like, is it seen as a bit of a? And 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 I don't mean this in any disrespect to us in the UK, but we have previous with it a bit of a jumped up house show. Like I'm curious as to what the perception is in in America of what what's going on in Wales in September. So the people I have talked to, I have heard a couple of them say it is possible that they might have Drew win the title there because of the pop of the reception that it would get. You have your superstar who is from that country coming there and winning the title. We see it here in, you know, in the States where people go to their city and they win a title or they get that hometown reception. But to fly over there and win the title, we really haven't seen that before. And um, we've seen it a couple of times with like um, some of the other shows. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but nothing as big as Drew McIntyre. Um, and a lot of people have felt like Drew kind of didn't get the reception that he deserved when he won the title originally because he didn't have fans in the arena. So this could also, that could also be a reason why they would be like, you know what, let's put the title on Drew. This is his moment that he should have gotten years ago. Um, but I think a lot of people here are so shocked that WWE finally is having a show in the UK, a big show like this. Um, it had been rumored for months that they were coming over there and when they finally announced it, everyone's like, finally, you know what I mean? We didn't think it would be, because um, I think it's going head to head with one of the AEW shows, isn't it? It is. Or indeed, it's slated yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So I think that I think that threw a lot of people off that, you know, Vince and Tony are going head to head with each other. But I mean, I think both shows will be great. It'll be great to see, you know, the UK fans being able to see the sport that they love in person. I can't wait. I can't. We've been split down the middle in the office. So like we've got half the team that are staying back to cover AEW and then there's half the team going to, to Cardiff. So uh, I, I'm very excited. I'm very proud to say I'm on the Cardiff team. I can't imagine I'll be in much of a, a state to do anything work-wise. If Drew McIntyre <laughs> wins the title at nine o'clock at night, I'll be in a pub somewhere. But, we'll, you know, we'll see, how, we'll see how it goes. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Have you got time to do some quick fire stuff before we get to our number one low? I did promise you. I, yes. I said it'd be half an hour. We've got over and I don't want to keep you from your wife. No, you're fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, quick fire special mentions for May. A few things that haven't made the top 10 that are absolutely worth a mention. Of course, last night, I'm going to chuck this one in on the fly. Last night, CM Punk winning his first WW first. Oh, that was a Freudian slip. CM Punk winning his first uh, world championship in, in almost a decade. Over a decade. Is it yeah. over a decade? It's a long it time. It's a long time since that one. Uh, CM Punk becoming the AEW world champion, defeating Hangman Page in a blinder of a main event at Double or Nothing. You were there live. What did you make of it? It was a great match. I definitely agree with CM Punk after his post-match speech. He probably should not go for that buckshot layered again because he did not <laughs> get it. He tried. I'll give him that. He did try, but he did not get it. Um, I have to commend Adam Page, though, because you saw that moment where he wanted to use the title to hit Punk to win the match, and he threw the title down. I love an honest man. I'm glad that he did <laughs> not do that. It's sad that he lost the title, but at least he could say, I did not cheat to win. Um, and I think CM Punk, I expected him to win the title in Chicago because that seems like it would be fitting, but they had to win it out here. And the the reception in the arena was very loud. Everyone was very happy to see CM Punk win. I can only think of the one guy who was all the way in the back of me who was yelling the whole time. He was booing CM Punk. I think he was the only one that was unhappy, but everyone else was like, you know what? He deserves it. It's, yeah, it was a good. It was a great match. It was a. It was a great way to end a, a, a long show. Did it feel like a long show, by the way? It did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Straight away. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, we we felt we felt every inch of that at quarter to six in the morning, but it was still happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we felt all of that. Um, Changing gears ever so slightly, uh, Tessa Blanchard in the news this month as well. Uh, her relationship with Wow seems to have ended. 
pretty coldly. Uh, the Project WOW reportedly started as a bit of a rehab effort for Tessa, but now following f- uh, further allegations of bullying, she's now once again seemingly estranged and no longer part of the tapings. What have you on wrestling, wrestling wind down made of the Tessa Blanchard situation, Lo? I think history repeats itself. If she came into the company being a bully, it's not too much of a surprise to me that she has not changed her ways. And I feel like WoW knew what uh, Blanchard was about when she came in and they almost milked it. You know, they had the T-shirt that went viral with her and they weren't reading the room properly. And now it's coming back to bite them in the butt. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I honestly can't say that I did not expect it to go any other way. Uh, Kota Ibushi's relationship also souring with New Japan Pro Wrestling this month. He put out a, a series of tweets sailing how he felt rushed back to work by New Japan management following his injury. But then when he was ready to return, they kept him off TV. It's quite a fraught situation that New Japan tried to quell with a press conference just the other day. Um, do you see at this point, Lo Kota Ibushi sticking around in New Japan or is it time to go and hang out with Kenny Omega again? I think he's going to come hang out with Kenny. I mean, you can only take so much. And I feel like I I feel like he's done. I mean, it would make a lot of sense and it would be really cool to see him up in AEW. I mean, hey, Forbidden Door, he could he could be there. You never know. He might take his first way or his one way trip to Chicago, be in Midway and be ready to go for Forbidden Door at the end of June. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Fingers crossed, maybe for a Golden Lovers return. And we'll end (laughs) our quick fire round on another return. Ric Flair has announced he is making one more step through the ropes in July for this time in a show titled Ric Flair's Last Match, whereby he's reportedly teaming with FTR. Now, opponents so far speculated as the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Hulk Hogan's name's been thrown in there as well, alarmingly. Uh, Lo, are we excited to see Ric Flair back in the ring next month? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I think I think Ric Flair just needs to sit at home and just enjoy himself. Maybe he likes a glass of wine. I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, I don't want to see it. And I think a lot of people don't want to see it. Ric Flair's had a lot of health issues, so it's very alarming that he wants to come back for one more match. I think... There has to come a point where you're like, I have already made my impact on the world of professional wrestling. Let me just step aside, remain humble, and just let the younger generation take over. And I think that's definitely what needs to happen here. It's very alarming. I'm kind of like, Charlotte, please tell your dad not to get in the ring again, because I that I will be so nervous to watch that online, even more nervous to watch it in person. So I, I, I'm not here for it. You'll be nervous to watch it, but will you watch it? Yes. <laughs> no. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. no. Definitely no. <laughs> Survey says no. Uh, on the <laughs> wrestling wind down. Right. We come to number one on the Cultaholic Top 5. The most talked about subject throughout the month of May. No surprises on this. Sasha Banks and Naomi leaving Monday Night Raw. On May the 16th, WWE put out a statement that said Sasha Banks and Naomi, unhappy with their creative for that night, stormed out before the show started. Now, other sources like Fightful, PW Insider, have added some detail to this, saying that creative had gone back and forth. 
24th with Sasha and Naomi that day, a stalemate had been reached. Now, the plan seemingly involved Sasha and Naomi clashing during a six-pack main event, which would have led to Naomi and Sasha Banks getting into loggerheads and them ended up challenging for respective titles on pay-per-views. And then not a lot after that. And this was a big crux of their problem that led to them leaving the women's tag team titles with John Laurinaitis and walking out. This Following this, we had a it's the only way to really describe it though is a bit of a smear campaign on sasha mm-hmm. banks and naomi with michael cole leading the uh leading the way by putting words through the, the taking vincent man's words through his own mouth saying that fans were let down by sasha banks and naomi and they were suspended indefinitely now um there's been there has been a wide range of opinion on the Sasha Banks and Naomi walkout. Um, where, where do you sit on all of this then, Lo? I'm on their team. I mean, you know, they weren't happy with the plan and they walked out. And a lot of people have said it's unprofessional and they use other words. And it's like, they want to be a tag team. They've really been working hard to solidify themselves as a tag team. And to be completely honest with you, I think they have been one of the best female tag teams ever since the Iconics or Sasha Banks and Bayley together. There has not been a solid tag team that has held these titles where they mesh so well together. Um, And I, I don't blame them for, you know, being a little bit irritated that it seemed like their, their time as a team was being cut so short. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen the dialogue online and, you know, I think I agree with you in terms of WWE. It has seemed like a smear campaign. It seemed very, um, in my opinion, they've been a little bit unprofessional. We've seen other, you know, things happen within wrestling and I've never seen a press release put out so soon. It's been on New York Post. It's been on E! News and you have your commentary team. You have Corey Graves saying that they're unprofessional. You have Michael Cole saying that they let us down. Who is us? I'm not let down. I'm glad that they stood up for themselves when they felt like they weren't in the position that they wanted to be. Um, It's interesting. Over the weekend, I saw a lot of people who were like, MJF, you know, he didn't show up to his meet and greed. Are people calling him unprofessional? Because it's in the same realm of Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out. But they were called unprofessional. And I I 100% agree with that standpoint. How is one unprofessional and the other one isn't? So, if we're going to do it like that, keep the same energy. If everyone's unprofessional, they're unprofessional. If neither of them are unprofessional, then great. But um, I really have not liked how WWE has um, handled this at all. Thing is, they they do have a bit of previous, but they are very. They seem to pick and choose where that energy sits, as you said, Lo. They seem to pick and choose it. Like when I was thinking about times where WWE has has lambasted the talent in this way, I'm going back to like 2002 and Steve Austin taking his ball and going home. Um, and I struggle to think of other moments in time where it has been like that. And you think about some of the issues that have come up with the talent and, you know, for legal reasons, I'm not going to go into some of them and who they are, but we all know. And you go, where was the energy that you've got for two people unhappy with creative that you had for these people on the roster? Right. <laughs> That's the bit I think that frustrates people the most, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. If if Sasha and Naomi 
don't go back. What did they do? I've heard more talk about what Sasha would do um, rather than Naomi. And that kind of makes me a little bit sad because I'm a longtime Naomi fan. And I remember when she was in FCW when she was on the NXT when it was like almost like a game show type of thing. So I've definitely been a fan of her for a long time. Um, I would love to see Naomi wrestle somewhere else. I think she'd be a great addition to Impact or maybe she would jump over to um, Women's Wrestling Army, the um, new company that Maria Canellis has just started. I think she would be such an, a great part of that if she wanted to do something like that. Um, in terms of Sasha, you know, I've seen people say maybe she'll jump to AEW, um, but I think she would jump to Japan. Um, if you remember when she had her also had her WWE evil episode, she talked about when she went over to Japan before and she trained and she just loved it there so much. So that was my first inclination when everyone started doing their um, guessing about where she would be at. Um, but you never Sasha Banks might like that Hollywood money. She might go to Star Wars. She might continue doing those movies. Um, she's made an impact outside of WWE, and I think she could definitely use that to her advantage at this point. There's a bit that confused me about the whole, about Sasha Banks and, and some of the stuff that goes on there. I kind of get a lot of her frustration in the sense that um, like, she was in The Mandalorian, and WWE barely mentioned it. Like, But you know the- what? Go on. With with Naomi, I mean, it's it's very similar to her as well. You think about when she came back during the Royal Rumble, um, we had not seen her in so long and she had articles in essence. She had articles everywhere. People were so excited to see her. The online reception was amazing. And I saw the clips of her live and she had one of the biggest pops of the night, but they did nothing with it. Um, That's kind of similar to Sasha. I mean, she had this outside impact where she's getting pressed for herself as well as WWE. And they didn't think, wow, we have someone who can jump over to, you know, the outside world of WWE and still make it. Like, why are we not using that to our advantage? Why are we not appreciating the person that we have signed to our roster? So I think both of them have had that situation happen. It comes down to now the other talking point in all of this, the the, the other elephant in the room, which is the Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, which now are vacant with a tournament pending soon. So we're hearing um, my thought on that though is who'd you put in it? Cause there isn't any women's tag exactly. teams. This is exactly. a massive issue that they've had ever since the, and, 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 and I forever appreciate the, the, the significance and the, and the, the, the 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 impetus of the idea to have a women's tag team division like i think that's a really cool idea but from from its inception it lacked depth it lacked creative it it lacked care so like who is there to fight for them now there really isn't anyone i've seen some fantasy booking of different people that they could pair together but no one is a solid tag team and this has been an issue for a while with wwe just kind of putting superstars together that might not have anything going on and they kind of push them as a team. Um, I mean, you kind of think about it. That's what they did with Sasha and Naomi, even though they were team bad a couple years ago, they were doing their own separate thing at the time and they came together and it worked really well, but you can't do that with everyone. You're not going to have the same luck with, you know, other women on the roster. If you just throw them together. Um, I really do wish that they wouldn't have created the NXT women's tag titles and just made the main roster tag titles 
go around all of the different brands. I think that would have been smarter. And I think it would have brought a lot more entertainment when you have some of the main roster people on Raw or SmackDown facing off with NXT people. It would be almost quote unquote dream matches that we never would see if you had two sets of titles like we do now. So I, I don't know. I, I've i seen some people say like they should just kind of make the titles go away, you know, just kind of not really put them on anyone else. And I don't really know if that's solving the problem. It kind of seems like you're just erasing the issue because you don't know what to do next. I think they really need to sit down and say, what are we going to do? Are we going to bring, you know, some of the NXT women up to challenge for these titles? Or are we just going to keep throwing people together? So they need to get on the same page, I think. I would argue that the NXT women's tag titles is is actually far better and far more creative because you've got toxic attraction as the women's tag champs. And I would almost go as far to say, you know what? If you don't know what to do with the WWE women's tag championships, um, call up toxic attraction, put it on them. Right. Because they're yeah. a phenomenal trio. Like, and they're doing great work on a Tuesday night. Just have them across all the brands. Why not? If you've got no other plans, why not? Right. They're, they're I, yeah, I, I've said that for so long. I don't understand why they have two sets of women's tag titles when I think they could have just incorporated one and just made it a free for all for the for the women's tag titles and really created those moments with the NXT women and the Raw and SmackDown women instead of having those two sets of titles. I It's never made sense to me. Tell you what makes sense to me. Tell you what makes sense to me, Lo. Okay. Listening to <laughs> Wrestling Wind Down. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense to me. I think of all the weeks to 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 do this with yourself, I think when uh, women's wrestling has taken, uh, for different reasons, such a, a focal point in the wrestling news, this was absolutely the right week to do it and absolutely the right person to tap up for it. I can't thank you enough for coming on, Cultaholic, and, and chatting with me about the big stories of May. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having me. Plug away. How can people find you? What are you? What have you got coming up? This is all yours. Tell everybody all about what you're doing. So Wrestling Wind Down is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. And um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. And we do have merch. Um, we just launched our 1-800-WAR-DADDY uh, tribute to Wardlow and his deleted tweet. Uh, it is on Shop dot wrestling wind down lv.com and we also have um our logo on some merch um and we also have a collection talk pro wrestling to me nice so grab merch grab a bottle of wine and enjoy yes. low and company on wrestling wind down just don't don't mention wardlow you'll be there for days until uh, <laughs> we're next back together from wrestling wind down and from tom campbell from cultaholic stay safe and love you fun. 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 